Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News. Talking about Call of Duty Warzone and Vanguard are both just in really, really bad spots right now. Going to walk through various things that have happened from commentating from the, you know, the, 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 the pros saying the things that they're saying to streamers actively quitting the game. It's been very interesting to watch this unfold. And I'm going to give you all that right here at the start of the stream. Also going to be redirecting and bringing people over so this section right here is the beginning of the stream and then we talk about it for a couple of hours this is an SNTR update Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone both seemingly in just terrible states as many things have led both streamers to stop playing pros to say the games are spitting in their face and a variety of other things that are not looking good for both of these titles both Warzone and Vanguard if you like these little SNTR updates be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button or check me out on SNTR Gaming where I streamed this live so there's a lot of things at play here I want to break this into sections first let's just talk about the metacritic scores for vanguard they are significantly lower from the users when compared to the official metacritic reviews this again creating in my mind a gap between who we can trust and who we can't when we're seeing games with such giant disparities between what the reviewers are saying and what the public is saying so the average scores that i saw for Metacritic, because Vanguard's Metacritic scores break down from like PS5, PC, Xbox, so there's like three different, they range from three to maybe upwards of like a 4.8 average, so not faring very well on Metacritic, this is just Call of Duty Vanguard. Then you have to consider everything that's been going on with Warzone, these games are interrelated and connected, but they're both receiving lots of bad press. Even Courage quit Warzone according to Twitter, and he's not the only one to say this. This was his official sort of tweet about it. He said, I've officially uninstalled Warzone. In the future, my content will be Fortnite, Halo, Apex, Valorant and any other game that I want to play good riddance this was this is courage that we're talking about this is one of you know this is Uncle Jack this is one of the daddies of Halo the guys that play they're in there every day they're known I'm sorry not Halo Call of Duty they're known for Call of Duty they're known for COD and and, and courage is like I'm out I'm done like I can't do this anymore uh, this isn't the first time that courage has taken a strong stance on something when he was really really angry about the mechs in Fortnite apparently that got him blacklisted from shoutcasting Fortnite events and I, I don't know that makes me lose a lot of respect for Epic for for something like that uh, to be used against him, but I, I think I don't know. I, I don't think they necessarily handled handled a lot of that stuff good back then. But Call of Duty, here he is again saying uh, that he's quitting. According to Esports Talk, Esports Talk did a video on this. Uh, This was their quote. Team Summertime member Optic Hitch said that the new Call of Duty Vanguard was spitting in the faces of CDL pros, and the pros almost all seem to agree. Their video, you should check it out. Esports Talk's got a great video on this, breaking down all of the other pros sort of throwing in and jumping in and agreeing with him and saying that the game is in a terrible, terrible state. And the most bizarre thing out of all of this is that Call of Duty Vanguard was one of the top selling games in November. It was the top selling game actually beating out Battlefield 2042 in second place 
Pokemon Brilliant Diamond in third, and Forza Horizon 5 in fourth place. Now, it, it is fair to say that's not a lot of competition. Call of Duty is clearly the bigger and more well-known brand in the mix of new games that landed in November, but even with both of these games being hotly criticized from all sorts of angles, from the pros to the streamers to the communities on Metacritic, the community scores, these games are in bad shape right now. The question is, does Call of Duty care? They're printing money every day. The, the amount of money they make every single day is absurd. That's not even considering Call of Duty Mobile and what it does for the franchise. So do they care about this feedback? Do they care about streamers walking away? Do they care about the pros? I would think they would care about the pros saying the game is a spit and a slap in the face. I said when Vanguard's beta was out that it was a mistake and I also said Vanguard seemed like it was a flop according to everything I was looking at what do you think comment below as always if you like these SNTR update videos hit subscribe and the bell button and I'll see you in the next video and I'll see the rest of you right now what do you make of this situation with respect to both of the Call of Duty properties getting sort of beat up uh, by uh, the streamers by the whoops, by the reviews by the Metacritic, I mean everything they're, they're getting hit from every single angle you could get hit from right now and curious what you guys make of them uh, make of it uh, going to come up with a poll for you in a second. I'm going to have to think about what kind of a poll question I want to ask you because it is two completely you know, separate entities to a degree uh, with respect to how these games are packaged. Um, and uh, curious what you guys think. Always like to hear from you. Uh, if you guys are, you know, this is another stream, so make sure you're hitting uh, the like button. Make sure you are, uh, make sure... You're in live chat, Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone, uh, in bad shape. And then let's get the, um, I got to send out a tweet here and I'll hit the discord as well. I forgot to do that. Forgot to do that. And, uh, we'll get that going here on a nice tweet. If you're watching the beginning of this as a past broadcast, we appreciate that very, very much. Uh, let's see. Call of Duty... Warzone, and then Call, yikes, Call of Duty, uh, oops, golly, Vanguard, uh, and then I'll put this in the Discord as well. We appreciate you guys hanging with us today. We are doing a podcast in a couple of hours as well with Ginger Prime. going to be about a lot of different things, maybe even get some spicy commentary from me about uh, Bungie and everything going on over there, Bungie having their... HR 14 year old veteran employee stepped down Uh, she stepped down yesterday the announcement thank you guys for being here for smashing like and being awesome and a brand new member uh, Crooked Tongues welcome we did hit 400 members now we're pressing on to 500 members Uh, another 40 or so members and we'll unlock another emote we did unlock an emote today Lonogasm hopefully you guys are enjoying that one we'll maybe do Lono Sip next uh, appreciate you guys very, very much. And welcome in. I like Vanguard's multiplayer, but I just stopped playing when Halo came out. I tried Warzone map. Uh, it doesn't have an FOV slider, uh, and it runs like crap. Okay. So I gave up on it. Well, that's not good. None of that's what you want to hear about these, you know, uh, big, 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 big titles, you know. For me personally, like FIFA COD suffers from franchise fatigue. Same thing every year, but with a higher price tag. It's easier to walk away now. Both games need big changes. Here's the funny thing, though, Irene, is is Warzone was um, seemingly uh, doing very, very well. 
um, you know, it, it, it seemed like it was doing very, very well. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the tons of people playing, tons of people talking uh, pl- about it, playing it, praising it, all of that. Um, you know? Yeah, the Say No to Raid story got pushed to tomorrow because we, we, we accidentally had a conflict uh, in the schedule, and it's a good conflict. It's a good conflict. We're, we're happy about it. You know, we're happy to be on the podcast with Ginger, and uh, honestly, it gave me an opportunity to record the next episode in just a more of a raw and honest fashion. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Call of Duty Warzone and Call of Duty Vanguard just being really, really bad right now, not doing well from a the community's perspective of Vanguard with the Metacritic scores. We got streamers quitting. You got pros feeling in, insulted uh, uh, by, by Vanguard. And uh, just very interesting to see it all kind of falling apart on them after so much you know, praise and popularity. And, you know, we don't know if this is indicative of what the community thinks with respect to playing, but the Metacritic scores for Vanguard are very, very worrying, I would think. I don't know if that's translating to what people actually think about Warzone in its current state with the new map. I I think the new map is really causing issues. Um, Why can't they just make good maps for Warzone instead of giving us Vanguard and Caldera? Isn't Caldera a new map and new mechanics? Why change mechanics at all? It does seem to center around that's the issue, right? That's the issue. Um, Let's see here. Call of Duty Warzone and Vanguard. Which do you think matters most? Which one do you think matters most? to them like if they're trying to fix one or have one do well which one do you think matters more Warzone or Vanguard I'm curious what you guys think I always disliked Call of Duty but this feels good to me I think maybe because it feels easier which one are you playing that feels easier dad not good why are the problems that are being reported by streamers is the reasons uh, what are the problems that they're why they're quitting um, I think it's I think with Warzone it's the map. I think they just do not like the map. I don't think the game's running well. I think the game's having issues. Um, are there other issues that you guys have seen listed? Whichever brings in the most money. So I'm gonna say Warzone. Yeah, I I I, I would tend to agree with you, Irene. Can't believe it took me this long to join. I love your content and your rational and logical approach to topics, both personal and non. Much love. Merry Christmas. And a bag of Joe is on my buy list, my two buy list. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that, Crooked Tongues. Warzone is the easiest question you've asked yet. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious. You know, Warzone makes $5 million a day. They don't care about anything else. <laughs> well, that makes it a little bit easy, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Um... I, Call of Duty Warzone new the Caldera map. I mean, I, it, it was it was. I think it was highly anticipated. I think that's one of the other dilemmas. Is like people were really looking forward to a map update, and it just doesn't seem to be landing with the community. I, they just do not seem to like it. You know, the problem with COD is that they keep releasing it every year. Awesome for sure. Vanguard is going to be irrelevant next year. Uh, when the next COD releases. Yeah, I mean, COD Warzone is clearly the moneymaker, you know? Vanguard is, is probably not, especially not now, you know what I mean? Chat's been really nice to Lono recently, it's making me sick. <laughs> Christina says, I think this just points another finger at the fact that they need to stop trying to pump out a new title every year and focus a bit more on quality. I've never played any of the Call of Duty games. 
Akuta Papa says, I'm not surprised. Warzone has been being played because there's nothing better. The mode itself is bad now. Plus, there are still tons of people cheating, bugs, exploits, etc. Activision likes to push a game out every year for the money, and the quality has always gone down over time with the COD games. Modern Warfare, the new version, was great reinvigoration, but they went back to crap. Um... Like, it's so hard for COD to just uh, pump out tons of Warzone maps. How hard is that? I have no idea. I I think I agree with what Christine is saying. If they wouldn't have focused so much on Vanguard and would have just said, listen, the Call of Duty Warzone map, that's what matters. We need to make that map amazing, reinvigorate it, change it, refresh it, you know, flip it over like Fortnite did. Whatever they were going to do, I think, you know, Call of Duty Caldera... I, I think it was there, it, it was probably weakened by the fact that they were, you know, trying to launch an entirely other game as well and having them kind of coincide. Wheezy says, I mean, we set, set that, but every year Call of Duty is the number one seller. Until it stops doing that, they won't care. I'm fairly certain, Wheezy, that the commercial sales and success of Vanguard are not where they want them. From what I saw, it was a decline in commercial sales and success for, for, for Vanguard. It Call of Duty Vanguard being the number one seller in November doesn't mean much because nothing really launched in November. Not that could commercially compete with it. Halo Infinite's campaign, you don't need to buy, so that's not going to even be close. And then what, you have Battlefield, Pokemon Diamond, and then Forza. Like there's just there was nothing I don't think to rival it. So it being the number one seller in November doesn't mean much, I don't think. People say that they don't want a new COD every year while play, paying for a new COD every year, but I don't think that that's true. I think the preliminary reports it was that Vanguard's initial sales were down and not that impressive for the franchise. Not, not the, like again. When you compare it to everything that launched in November, it just isn't fair. It's the Leviathan in the group. Of course, it's going to be the top seller. It's you have to compare its sales to previous releases, and I think that's when you start to see. No, it's not doing that well. F- Vanguard is not doing that well as far as total sales. Agreed, Wheezy. Vanguard will be the top selling game, even if it's less than the other years. Oh no, for reference, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes sold like 7 million in November, and Vanguard outsold that. Battlefield outsold that, Wheezy. Battlefield was number two above Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. That's crazy that even Battlefield outsold Pokemon. That's nuts, man. That's, that is actually crazy. Vanguard has been on sale three or four times since the release. Like, marking the price down, you mean? Fortnite just put out a new map, and it's been how long? I understand it must be difficult to make a killer map, but pumping out bad content isn't cutting it. Jake says, World War II is so played out. Nobody asked for a jungle map with even more bushes. Nobody asked for planes. Nobody asked for dead silence as a perk. Um, just another tone-deaf outcome. I think it's still predicted to be the highest-selling game of the year. Not much to compete with, though, right? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Starting on December 19th, the pharmacy department at CVS Pharmacy locations in your area may be closed from 1.30 to 2 daily for lunch. Okay. That seems like such a random thing to text. These sales include the Asian market? I don't know. 
why are they criticizing Vanguard? The pros think that it's just in a shambles. I think the pros think that they just, like somebody said, they just made a bunch of decisions that don't make any sense. It just feels tone deaf. I don't know what the specific criticisms from the pros are, just that they said it feels like a slap in the face, like a spear, like they're spitting in their face. Pokemon games were anticipated. Add both the Pokemon games up, and I bet they sold more than Call of Duty. No, the report, that's not true, Greenside. I looked at the report. The, the report was, it said, Pokemon Diamond slash whatever. It was third underneath Battlefield and Call of Duty Vanguard. Creature says the weapons feel bad. Uh, the maps are in poor shape. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl reportedly sold over 6 million copies. Yeah. So both Battlefield and Call of Duty sold more than that. So the pros are saying that the maps are in poor shape, the weapons feel bad. I, it just it doesn't feel like a AAA product to them. You can't expect long-standing pros to play your game and be like, "It's okay that it's kind of shaky. It's okay that it's rough." They're not they're not going to put up with that crap. So an interesting theory that people are leaving at the same time that they activated their anti-cheat might be a coincidence or not. No, 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 no. I wouldn't spin that blazon. A lot of the streamers said they were quitting because of the cheating, like they couldn't stand it. So the cheating getting added is coming after they've left. I, I don't get that twisted. I don't think a bunch of streamers just who got popular covering and playing and being a Call of Duty player, I don't think they all suddenly started cheating and they're like, oh no, here comes Ricochet, time to quit. No, 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 no. I wouldn't twist that. One of the reasons cited by some of the streamers for quitting is that the cheating is ridiculous. And, and they're just now adding it. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's the right read at all. Yeah, Jack is no cheater. Yeah, ain't no way that Courage is like, oh, I'm out of here, here comes the anti-cheat. Guns feel bad without the attachments. There are 10 slots. Well, I think one of the, one of the pros even talked about that. There was just too many attachments. Like, the meta is a mess because there's, like, so many things you can build and do. All of those were a joke. Gun attachments in Vanguard don't make any sense. This happens every year for every COD. The pros cry about every little change they make to every COD game. They were crying about Modern, modern Warfare, which is the highest-selling COD game ever. Yeah, but you have the pros have to be happy, or where's your what's going to happen to your pro scene? A lot of Warzone streamers are actually cheating, not the higher name ones. I keep watching people who are obviously using aimbots and wall hacks. They can't be very popular though. That would get called out immediately, like you're saying, not the not the higher named ones. Anti cheat only works on some of the map, according to the players. What? It's a hot mess, but I kind of like it. Not going to lie, says Distorted. We need 14 more likes for our first 100 likes. If you're just tuning in, we cover a variety of gaming topics here. We covered this morning the New World Winter event. Now we're covering Call of Duty Warzone and COD Vanguard just being in terrible shape with respect to um, their quality, pros quitting, streamers quitting. The Metacritic scores for Vanguard are in the dadgum toilet for the users, ranging from like 3.5 to 4. 
Um, I'm sorry, three and a half to four dot eight. Four dot eight was like the highest I saw because it was specific to each platform. It was like specific to each platform. Um, okay. And a lot of people are hoping, I think, for a Vanguard update as well. Like, they're hoping to see some kind of a Vanguard update with all of this stuff. The CDL pros hate it because there are no decent custom skins, and the third game mode for the tourney isn't even announced. Uh, They don't have ranked play yet in Vanguard. Frick the pro players? What do you mean, Frick the pro players? You're talking about a, a massive revenue funnel. What do you mean? Frick the pro players. Are you crazy? You, you just know who cares about Call of Duty pro players? Are you nuts? The money the money for that piece of the industry is huge. They can't take that posture or that attitude. You might be able to, but they certainly can't. Vanguard can have more than 16 players in a match. What do you mean? I think you need to keep pros happy the way you keep tech power users happy people follow the lead of the pros and the power users people ask power users about tech purchases you need them on board yeah I mean you, you can't yeah you lose the pros and you lose a significant funnel you don't want to see what COD would be like without CDL I, yeah I don't, I don't know it, it's, it's going to be a military shooter the light and it'll just it'll just mimic everything that Fortnite does there are high levels of cheating. Oh, there are some high levels that cheat, says Kakuta Papa. They just hide it way better. The biggest tell is when you see someone laser tagging people with machine guns at long ranges. The company might care about the pros, but I could not care less. Well, I don't expect you to care about them, distorted. Bringing up the pros and the pros quitting and stuff, I only bring that up because of the, um, because of the money that comes from it. What's CDL? Hang on a second. <laughs> oh my yeah my son just called us true loves he's like hey true loves he said that we should we should cut this this little uh, gingerbread man in half yeah. tell him to get out Yeah, Call of Duty League is CDL. The pro scene and the hardcore gamers, ones like us in here talking about, are like 5% of the ones who purchase Call of Duty games every year. Call of Duty will be a juggernaut with or without us in my eyes. I don't know, bro. If the pros are walking and the streamers are walking, then uh, th- then that's an indication that something's wrong. It doesn't mean that they're in trouble, but like a lot of players will leave too if these are... if if the Listen, you gotta understand the money that these guys are walking away from when they stream this dadgum game, and then they decide not to. You understand? If a pro, if, if, if a pro streamer is like, I'm not playing this dadgum game anymore, do you know how much money they're losing every day by not playing the game because of, because of the viewership like degradation that they experience? I know these guys don't need the money, but they certainly don't like to see money walking out the door because they're not playing one of their games that they're known for. They're not playing a brand new, super relevant, highly searched for map. They're not doing it. Come on. What do you mean? that If they're walking away from it, it's got to be bad. I'm not saying that that means the game's in bad shape just because Uncle Jack doesn't want to play, but it certainly is not a good look. And when the Metacritic scores for Vanguard, for the users are as low as they are those that's not streamers and pros look at look at how i outlined this 
if the pros are saying the game is awful and the Metacritic user scores are in the toilet, those are two very different groups of people. That is an indication that something is wrong. Sure, tons of people are going to buy and not care. You know what I mean? Johnny G Fuel Sniffer is just going to keep playing. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's going to be in there every single day, all day. Cool. But when you have such a a a common theme from high CDL to just Metacritic user scores, come on, man. Something's got to be off. Something's got to be off. As long as the money's there, a new person will take their place. I don't know. I don't know. Metacritic scores for COD are usually not that great. Okay. You're not lying. Call of Duty Modern Warfare got a three and a half for PS5. Got a 2.6 for PC. Yeah, you're not you're not lying. But wasn't Modern Warfare really bad when it first came out? Didn't it get tons of criticism? My message above explains why I said frick the pro players. All right, hang on. My point in saying that is that as a not pro, I don't want to see the games I enjoy revolving around those chums. I wouldn't call them chums. That doesn't seem kind, but I can see what you mean. You don't want the game revolving around the pro scene. Sure. Is it a bunch of pros leaving or just a few streamers? It's pros being angry about Vanguard and streamers walking away from Warzone. It's both, and it's both games. There was a guy, there was a pro player, uh, Optic Hitch was like, this is terrible, this is a spit in the face, slap in the face, and a bunch of pros were like, scared to agree with him. They were scared to agree with him, they didn't want to. As long as Doc stays, COD will be fine. I think you overestimate Doc's influence of the market. I think Doc's an incredibly influential streamer, but not to that degree. Modern Warfare got bad scores on Metacritic. The same pros were crying for the same reasons. It didn't affect what really mattered to Activision sales. You're not kidding with Variety, New World, now Warzone. Hey, baby, we cover it all here. If you're new and you haven't hit subscribe yet, I'm a safe for work broadcaster. I cover video game news, and uh, we're covering Call of Duty Warzone and Call of Duty Vanguard. A lot of people were hoping for some kind of a Vanguard update to fix some of the problems and I I think they have tried to fix some of the problems I don't know how much it has though I don't think people realize how big COD is no, Call of Duty is huge. Don't don't get this twisted. I'm not saying that like they're in danger of going under or whatever, but 
when everyone's saying the same thing, don't be surprised that the player base has similar feelings and starts to engage less. They were already seeing a reduction in Warzone engagement, down from 10 million you know, unique logins down to like 9, and then I think it was even trending towards 8 million. Now, I know that's insane to think about, like 8 million unique logins is just absurd, and, and, it, and it's probably just fine. It's, it's just this Leviathan title. But if the general consensus from people, like, think about how people typically react to change in games. They already have an aversion to change. They don't like change. So the new map comes in, and people are automatically going to have a, a natural sort of aversion to it. They're not going to like it. They're going to be confused. They're not going to know where to go. And if there's problems with the map, if the game doesn't feel good, if something's off, if something's wrong, that will affect player numbers. Modern Warfare got unjustly ripped because there was no BR. The gap between Blackout and Warzone was a huge deal when it was happening. Right. The two-time had 50,000 viewers for eight hours straight yesterday. Good. Good. What was he playing? General consensus from a small, unrepresentative portion of the whole. So did streamers quit Warzone when it dropped? Did streamers quit these other games when they updated when Call of Duties came out? Streamers quitting and pros saying it's awful and then the users saying, yeah, it's bad. I've had people coming in here and saying it's bad. You want to act like just because you hang out on Twitch that you're not a normal gamer to a certain extent. Sure, you guys are more hardcore, more informed, and reading you know, Metacritic or reading Twitter or seeing YouTubers quit, that may be sort of influencing your bias and shading your opinion. But I don't think it's fair to just dismiss people in YouTube chat for being like, well, you don't represent the the majority. I mean, come on, it's Call of Duty. A large portion of the community that plays Call of Duty checks out YouTube and checks out streams. They don't they don't represent the majority. That's still a ton of people. And to just dismiss them all is like, well they're not they're not the majority. Well that doesn't mean that they're not going to share the same feelings, right? Well, I guess that answers that question about them no longer working together. Well, I guess that's an event. That's not necessarily the company. That's not it's not it's not a rare drop but yeah yeah that's disappointing that's disappointing Call of Duty is king of the casuals too. There's more than likely three people in a match that have no idea what weapon they're using. I bet the number of people who buy two to four games a year, COD, and they pick one or three other major sports games is so large most can't compute. Right. Doc was in a tournament with Z yesterday in Warzone. Tournament views are always higher. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that was probably driving the viewership. 
10 minutes and I can get XP in Halo again. <laughs> yeah, if you're just tuning in for the, the Call of Duty Warzone or the Vanguard update discussion about that, you know, the games are in bad shape right now and, you know, people are, people are complaining. We're basically debating whether or not people commentating on YouTube, Metacritic, streamers, and pros, do they represent enough of the community for this to be worrisome or is it like, nah, none of this matters? You know, if the pro scene kind of goes sour, does that matter? Um, nine minutes ago, Frank ordered some coffee. Thank you, Frank. Uh, a bag of Frickmas, a bag of Dark, and a bag of Light. There it is, the traffic light special. There it is. Appreciate that. Appreciate that coffee order. Appreciate you being here. If you're new, hit subscribe. Introduce yourself in chat. We love to meet new folks. Take the poll at the top of the chat. Which game do you think is more important? Which matters most, Warzone or Vanguard? Absolutely loving the confos. Got to go back to lurking work calls. All right, Jake. Thanks for talking. There's may, way more kids, teens, and early 20s people on the mic than 30 and 40-something year olds when I play. It appeals to a younger crowd. Preparation for server mergers in Central Europe, U.S. East, U.S. West, and Australia for New World. Okay, they're actually going to do some more, it looks like. They are taking their sweet time. Going to cold brew it, first time trying any of them. I know that the light roast and the dark roast go into cold brew very, very well. Let me adjust my comments as a coup de papa after some thought. I can watch a CDL player and know where everything is. Every second of the match makes sense. On the streaming side, some of the streamers play like CDL players, but they have never attempted completions. There's also missing time in their actions. Um, CDL is, str- is clean, streaming not so much. Right. Right. I mean, Doc had given up on Call of Duty for a while until recently. For me, the only Call of Duty game mode that matters right now is Outbreak because it's fun for me and there's no cheaters. For me, Vanguard says Super, but I think every uh, for everyone it's Warzone. I think every mainline uh, Call of Duty moving forward will take a hit because of Warzone. Activision knows this. Oh, yeah, because there was a report that Vanguard did not do well in the history of Call of Duty sales, and it was really easy to see why. It's like, well, I mean, Warzone's cannibalizing it. You know what I mean? Warzone's cannibalizing it, for sure. So booty and shooty, yeah, booty and shooty. Missing from the fo- <laughs> missing from the poll, the Warzone tutorial. The Warzone tutorial is the most important. It is. Oh, 
Oh, Chris is saying we've exclusively cold brewed the Frickmas. Can confirm very good. Okay. I thought Abe said he preferred the Frickmas as a war as a hot brew, but you're saying it's good cold. Thank you. I appreciate that, Chris. I wish Blackout was the popular Call of Duty BR. If there are issues that need to be fixing, I think Vanguard should come first. It's new and it's paid content. I enjoyed Vanguard's campaign. I couldn't figure out why it was getting such low scores because the campaign did look good. But people generally buy COD for the multiplayer. So if the multiplayer launched and had any problems or, or was rough around the edges, then you know people were probably hitting it pretty hard. They were probably even like, what in the heck are you guys doing? I thought that game mode that they, they debuted in that beta was just freaking terrible. It was awful. And then, you know, Doc's, Dr. Disrespect is out here making fun of it. You know, go, 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 lose brain cells. Go, 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 go. You know, it was just such, it seemed like such a meat grinder. I I don't know. It was, uh, it, it was clear. It was clear they had built a very, very strange mode. I don't know. I'm out of dark roast today. I'm drinking my backup Starbucks. It tastes like sweaty, like a sweaty bear stain. <laughs> and no, that's not good. Okay, just so we're clear. Yeah, 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 just so we're clear. If you're new and you missed the show this morning, we covered the New World Winter Event update, but now we're talking Call of Duty Warzone and, uh, and Vanguard update. They're trying to get these games to a place, you know, they're, I don't know if they're really responding to CDL. I don't know if they're responding to the streamers quitting, uh, but it does seem like there is something, there's a change in the water that's driving a pretty negative narrative about COD right now. Um, I didn't think Warzone was getting this treatment. Warzone was crushing it. Numbers were good. Players were happy. Streamers were playing. COD has rotating development studios. Well, yeah, and that can change to differences in the games and potentially differences in quality. Now, they talked about how Vanguard was going to use the same the same, you know, engine as what was it? Warzone? I think. I think that that's what they said. They they were going to do the same thing as uh as Warzone. Um, so I think that's why people thought assumed it was going to be good. They assume like, oh, that, you know, animations and uh, weapon swapping and all that will be very, very good. I'm sorry, not the Warzone engine. The Modern Warfare engine. Sorry, I misspoke. Robert says, the Vanguard multiplayer is the most fun I've had in a COD multiplayer in a while. Master Ty agrees. Same here, Robert. I love Vanguard multiplayer. It's not as slow as Modern Warfare, but it's not arcade like Black Ops. No, 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 no. (laughs) 
That's not what they. That's not what he said. Salty. <laughs> the campaign for Vanguard was good, but a lot of cutscenes make it to make it feel Hollywood. Multiplayer's buggy is a buggy, not completed mess, and the zombies was a disappointment. Champion Hill is trash in my opinion, but the base multiplayer is good. Yeah, I thought sh- the Champion Hill mode was such a strange decision as a beta. It was like this mode is so weird, right? When's the podcast with Ginger? It's in about two hours. It was so weird. It was like I don't know. It was really hard to enjoy. I started kind of enjoying it near the end, but the beginning, I was like, "This is just what is this?" Some of the spawning made no sense. You could see each other right at the start. So like you're spawning and you're getting shot like literally right away. It was like, I don't get this at all. It needed a beta? I mean, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Multiplayer is just buggy. It's just as buggy as all CODs on release. Deja vu. You moving to say no to rage story it's gonna be tomorrow we did not mean to do this it, it worked out though because I hadn't recorded it yet we're ending the say no to rage series early I w- we had more episodes planned and, and, and I'm done and the episode tomorrow will explain all that so we're having to move the say no to rage story to Friday we can't do it today because of the podcast with ginger we added lights to the bottom of the wall yeah I did that I did that uh, over the over the weekend it's been there all week thanks for noticing hilly Played Warzone up until the last two months of Verdansk. World War II era weapons don't get me excited for a game, and the Caldera map did not make me want to come back. I'm going to wait for the next Modern Warfare COD update. Was there a Vanguard update? Was there? Because it looks like it looks like people are looking for a Vanguard update. I, what, did they do something? Have they tried to patch anything? Takes me a couple days to cut your hair. No, no, I did not cut my hair. We, the, my haircut got shoved back. My haircut got shoved back. Unfortunately, it got shoved back. Um, no, p- folks are looking. I'm sorry, folks are looking for Warzone and Call of Duty Vanguard and Call of Duty Warzone and just Call of Duty. But most folks are just looking for Warzone. Okay, okay. I thought it looked like people were searching for Van- a Vanguard update. Oh, they updated it? Oh, it's been patched recently. Today or yesterday. Got it. I noticed that Lono is doing some camera trickery to appear taller than the Christmas tree. Yeah. It's teeny. It's teeny little tree. It's a cute little tree. I want to see Spider-Man, but I don't want to go outside. I don't think ending it is a good call. The response to that article was just telling about the community. Well, that's part of the reason why I just, I gotta stop. I don't know. It'll make sense when you watch the episode tomorrow, Ashen. I think it's the best episode I've done yet. There's gonna be a holiday event starting tomorrow. A, a Warzone holiday event? Or a... 
Call of Duty Vanguard holiday event. Which one? The Vanguard and Warzone update is out now. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't follow the games. I don't. I don't. I. I. We played Warzone Plunder and we were having a blast with it, but it just. I don't know. We couldn't get consistent response from the audience, so it just didn't seem like it was worth pursuing. Oh, you do think ending it's a good call. Oh, okay. I missed red. I'm sorry. There's also criticism that COD added bloom to the Warzone guns from previous generations. Are there reviews from Spider-Man yet? Yeah, it's like certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It has like a hundred. It's going to probably end up being the most liked Marvel movie of all time. I told y'all. I told you Spidey was king. Globally, he's king. Globally, Spider-Man's the most popular, most iconic superhero. I told (laughs) y'all. AC Valhalla's doing a holiday event now. Yeah, every game does a holiday event because every game has a captured audience, so why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you? You have a captured audience. Why would you not, you know, give them something fun to do? I thought the holiday event in New World was cool. I don't know. I thought it was a good time. I thought it was a good start. Is that like a 10 out of 10 for Halo? (laughs) Yeah. Bought my tickets to see it tonight. Uh, it took like an hour because the website kept freezing. Yeah. Not sure what you had planned for the 24th, but I have family in town. Yeah, I don't think we would do very well on Christmas Eve, Hilly. I didn't. I don't think I'm going to be doing anything that day. It, I we there the viewership would probably be terrible. We might do like a Frickmas thing or something that day, but I don't. I don't have any plans to 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 stream that day. Nothing major, at least. Nothing major, and certainly not a, a an evening stream. We'll take we can take that. We'll take that night off, probably. Unless I do, like I said, like a Frickmas thing. Viewership on a holiday is usually going to be pretty bad anyway. Superman's most popular? No, he's not. Not by a long shot. No, globally, Superman doesn't even come close. Because if you don't live in America, Superman's not that great. Truth, justice, in the American way. You think people in, like, Russia and you think in Asia, you think they're going to like that that hero? (laughs) I'm pretty sure in America, Superman wins. But when you go global, Spidey crushes all. If you do something, I'll watch on phone. Okay. If you do, I'll be there because I have to work. Superman is even the most popular DC. No, I think when they pulled America, Superman wins. Popular and iconic are different. I thought Superman won as most popular superhero in America. You're saying Batman wins? I, th- I thought somebody had a report that he won being most, most popular. I think Spidey is both the most popular and the most iconic globally. I don't think anybody comes close. 
His icon, his face, it's so recognizable. Super, super popular. Nobody touches Spidey. You're wrong, but it's okay. Global Superman is still top. No, no, he's not. Superman is not top globally. That's not true. Anybody outside of America isn't going to put him on our top three. Spidey's even the most popular in America? Yeah, 57 countries, Spider-Man's the most popular. Superman's the most popular in like 6 countries. Wonder Woman's the most popular in 15 countries. That's crazy. Yo, another member, Leon, bringing his membership over here. Thank you, Leon. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. Batman's probably number one. I mean, no, I th- th- this thing that Weezy just sent, Spider-Man wins by a landslide. Spider-Man wins by a landslide in this thing that Weezy just posted. Like, they, they pulled all these different countries, and Spider-Man's the most popular in 57 countries. Close behind is Wonder Woman with 15. Yo, another member, Mike Brown, coming in. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. We'll be doing Halo Infinite custom games this Friday night, and if you're a member, you can join in. You can jump in. We did hit 400 members, so we unlocked another emote, and I will be doing my split-screen casting desk on Friday night. Well, me and Hilly will be shoutcasting you guys. Batman's number one. Give it enough time. <laughs> How do they measure popular? I don't know. Sales? Just asking people? Captain America, funny enough, is is the most popular in Canada. I don't know how that works. Yeah, yeah, they triggered the split screen desk. They did. It's Batman. There is no debate. It's a fact. No, he's not even. He's he's not. He's not. Too bad it all pales in comparison to manga. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you guys are tuning in, we're, we're talking superheroes because the Call of Duty Warzone and the Vanguard discussion, we, it didn't la- it just didn't last very long. There's not much to say. People are like, "Well, who cares? They'll sell a lot." I I thought I thought we had a I thought we had a banger, but it wasn't. It wasn't a banger with the audience. It was a, it was a it was a very quick it was a very quick discussion. Um, we cover a lot of different topics here, though. We do. We cover a lot of different topics. So if you're into Call of Duty, we we, uh, we always love to hear from new folks. If you're playing 
uh, Warzone or Vanguard. Let us know what you think at the top of the chat. We got a poll there. Call of Duty, Warzone, and Vanguard. Which do you think matters most? You know, Warzone running away with it. That's not really surprising me. I thought uh, I thought it had teeth. I think it has teeth, but I think the problem is is that we're talking about games that that most of those people are already they're 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 tuned in and watching those guys already. They're not tuning in to watch somebody that's like crapping on it. Just uh, just my speculation. Who would defend Vanguard? It's awful. There were people in here saying that they enjoy it, Teddy. They think that the uh, the base level multiplayer in Vanguard is good. And then there were people saying they thought the, the campaign was good. Everybody seems to concede that Champion Hill is terrible, but they were saying no, the rest of the rest of Vanguard's fine. Yeah, Robert's saying the only issues I see with Vanguard are zombies and Champion Hill. Multiplayer seems to be on par. You can be the presenter in the studio and I'll be the Halo War correspondent. There we go, Hilly. Sven says, I enjoy Vanguard. Zubair says, Sven, you enjoy everything. <laughs> Sven is our resident, plays every single video game uh, gamer. You're like, has anybody played this indie? It came out like five minutes ago. Sven's like, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> uh. Sorry, I enjoy video games. I'll see myself out. <laughs> Look, guys, I just enjoy video games, all right? I will not be taking any questions at this time. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mike on the mic. Been a while since I caught this live. What's up? What's good, man? This game was rated 10 out of 10 by Sven Echohammer. <laughs> Sven probably enjoyed E.T. on Atari. Spend reviews. Not a perfect game. Played for fun. 9 out of 10. <laughs> Superman symbol is one of the most recognized symbols around the world. Yeah, that's not really what we were debating. We were debating who's the most popular, like who's the most iconic, and I I think Spidey runs away with it. Superman or Spider-Man? Yeah, let's change the poll. (laughs) No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to change the poll.
Roast Sven Day is, a, is great. We should make it re a regular thing. Give me a segment on the SNTR network. Uh, random game review, 10 out of 10, unless it's Psychonauts. I need your review of Deathloop and tell me why it's bad. <laughs> Everyone on Lost was actually dead the whole time. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, we've been discussing Call of Duty Warzone as well as the Vanguard update and whether or not you think Warzone is more important or Vanguard's more important. Warzone's obviously running away with it. Superman or Zendaya? <laughs> she has come out of like nowhere. Good for her. She's like a she's like an icon. Just like throwing a couple of movies. Funny. She's sarcastic. She's stunning. And then all of a sudden, she's just like this icon. You mind reading the criticisms? What are you talking about, Robert? A five spot from Akuta Papa. Spider-Man has literally all of Asia backing him. He's the most popular, recognized, and iconic. Thank you. Did you put something in chat, Robert? What are you talking about? They need to have a dedicated team for Warzone and make it its own thing altogether instead of trying to, uh, each a year with the COD releases. gonna win an Oscar for what how dare you say nowhere what do you mean before spider-man she wasn't some icon what are you talking about prior to being in spider-man she wasn't some like fashion icon and in in commercials and in and no oh 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 the reported Vanguard Warzone criticism from pros I, I, it's not collated somewhere. Do you? Do, is there a spot where I can find it all collated, Robert? I literally just pulled it from an esports desk video. I'm sorry, esports news video. Yes, she was. So she's 25. So when she was 21, when the move, when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, when she was 21, she was already an icon. She was the new Noxzema girl before Spider-Man. She was in Noxzema commercials before Spider-Man. That's not what I'm talking about. She was 21. I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what iconic career you think she had before Spider-Man. 
Her poppy later got her Spider-Man, not the other way around. Spider- Spider-Man helped. She was barely in it! It was amazing in Euphoria. Oh, you don't know if it's collated somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's collated either. The, the, the esports news, the, the esports news desk, when they covered it, they were just pulling tweets. Like, they weren't like, there wasn't like some article that had it all in one spe- all in one place. She's in Dune also. Spider-Man Homecoming came out in 2017. So you're telling me prior to 2017, she was this big icon. I, 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 maybe I just didn't see it, but I didn't see her picture literally everywhere. <laughs> Every time I open my phone, I see her picture on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on on TikTok. It, 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 whether it's for a cologne or 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 an, a, a magazine or uh, clothing, I don't know. She was hot before Spider-Man. Oh, she was hot crap before Spider-Man. She might have been popular and had a career. I'm not saying she was. I didn't say she was a nobody. She's just like an icon now. She's like a fashion icon. Everybody looks to her like, oh, look at this dress she's got on. Look at this. Look at this commercial that she's in. Before Spidey, she was a Disney kid recognized for fashion stuff and other things, I believe. Is the esports news desk a drama site? I don't think so, no. I like the stuff they put out. I do. I like Esports Desk. I think they put out good content. It doesn't fe- It doesn't feel drama-oriented. She's in The Greatest Showman and Euphoria. I'm s- I wasn't saying she was a nobody. I was saying she wasn't this big icon. She's at, like, this n- international level now. That was the point I was making. I wasn't saying she wasn't well-known or popular. I was- she's an international icon. Like... <laughs> Yeah, she was in movies and people knew who she was, for sure. I wasn't saying that. I said she's like an icon now. She's at a love she's at like another level. She she Tom Holland's in her shadow anytime they're doing anything. <laughs> you know? Anytime they're doing anything, he's in her shadow. Everybody loves her, man. Her popularity ba- now is based on Euphoria, not Spider-Man. The level of her popularity right now has nothing to do with Euphoria. Her reach and her global popularity right now is because of Spider-Man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> she was popular before, sure. Spider-Man didn't help. Didn't She's a global icon. Spider-Man, we just said, is the most popular superhero in the world. Come on. They're going on global tours for these movies. She's wowing every red carpet she goes to. Nobody's talking about Euphoria. Walked home with an armload of awards from Euphoria. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with her global popularity. And be, be, being an international icon like that, Euphoria, I'm not taking Euphoria out of the, the, the equation. What I'm saying is her level of notoriety right now, it has to be more attributed to Spidey. It's a gl- The movies are globally beloved. 
what what's euphoria euphoria is in like popular probably on in america i don't know it could be this big huge international hit i don't i don't know you killing fashion for the last three or four years yeah, Spider-Man's came out four years ago, so I mean that that I think again that puts you on a global scale when you're in a Marvel movie. Bruh, Euphoria came out in 2019, two years after Spidey won. That's what I'm saying. When you do a global tour for a Marvel movie, what in the world? Like that, the 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 reach, the notoriety, the the, the brand awareness of you as an actor. Like what on earth? I don't know. The minute you're in a Marvel movie, that is just that is global recognition beyond beyond a, an HBO show. If 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 as an example, if one of the actors in Game of Thrones would have been in a Marvel movie two years before Game of Thrones came out, their popularity and global recognizability you would have attributed it to the Marvel movie. You wouldn't have attributed it to HBO's Game of Thrones. The, the Marvel movies, it's like putting your name on the moon. Like, everybody knows who you are. I'm saying she was hot b- before Spider-Man, and the reason she skyrocketed recently is Euphoria. I find, I just find it really hard to accept that, given they're doing a global press, a global, a global presser for like the last three months. It's all been about Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. All the interviews. She's in all these interviews with Tom, and there's memes about the interviews, and she's going to these red carpet events. I, I don't know. I, this, this Spider-Man movie is just going to be massive. Massive. It, 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 it stands to outsell. I bet, you, I, I bet you it stands to outsell almost all the Marvel movies except for maybe one. Hemsworth was a big deal before Thor. <laughs> In 2009, May May 20 May May 19th of 2009, Marvel rolls the dice and casts no names for Thor. Both Chris Hemsworth and Tom and Tom Hiddleston were considered no names in 2009. The headline reads, Marvel rolls the dice and casts no names for Thor. We're not debating anything important. If you guys are tuning in for Call of Duty Warzone or, or Call of Duty Vanguard discussions, there's a poll at the top of the chat. We're debating Marvel now because the Call of Duty debate didn't didn't go didn't go very far. We did. Star Trek. He was in Star Trek for literally 60 seconds. Red Dawn remake and Black Hat. <laughs> Again, I didn't. I'm not, I'm not saying he wasn't. He wasn't known or wasn't in movies. He was considered sort of a no name. He was considered a byline actor. Like he's literally in Star Trek for 60 seconds. He just dies at the beginning. 
he was he was more unwell pretty well unknown him and hiddleston were not very well known before thor Zendaya was pretty well recognized before Spider-Man being a Disney star it put you in front of a lot of eyes and she was very distinctive with her personality as well no, th- th- this entire debate started because I said her inner she's an international icon and I said she wasn't she wasn't at that level before Spider-Man that's what I said I said that before Spider-Man Zendaya was not an international icon she, she didn't have this massive icon reach and I really don't think Euphoria is where we, where we attribute a lot of the credit when you're doing global pressers for Marvel movies I think that's where your international notoriety comes from what hardware did she take from Spider-Man but that's not the debate I'm not talking about awards I'm not talking about awards because superhero movies uh, traditionally don't win awards I was talking about being an international icon is bigger than winning awards. Do you think if by some sheer miracle Michael Jackson got snubbed at award ceremonies and wasn't winning wasn't winning awards, that wouldn't take away from how he was an international icon. You know what I'm saying? They don't they, one is not required for the other. What's Euphoria? It's an HBO show. I just, I don't think a show on HBO that requires a subscription comes close to getting you to the global notoriety of a Marvel movie. It's, it's, we're we're comparing, we're comparing a two-story building to a skyscraper. Like, (laughs) not everybody can even watch Euphoria without an HBO subscription. So her popularity in the show Euphoria is a very limited audience when you compare to like, I don't know, both of the Spider-Man movies that she was in. (laughs) And the third one that she's about to be in. He became hugely popular with young women because of Euphoria, not Spidey. And that is an audience which is why she gets cosmetic contracts. Michael Jackson only hit international sensation after he died. What? Huh? <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? He had international tours that were insane. What do you mean? Michael Jackson was not an international sensation after he died. He was, a, he was an international sensation while he was alive as one of the biggest and most popular pop stars in history. What are you even saying? <laughs> have you seen have you seen any of the concerts when he was like in Hong Kong and stuff? It's it's mind blowing. It's otherworldly. <laughs> He's I think to this day, I think to this day nobody's come close to that to that guy. I don't even think so. I have. I don't think any. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. What are you even saying, bro? 
he literally launches up out of the ground, lands on the stage, and he stands still for like 30 seconds, and the place is electric. There is lightning coming out of their veins, and he moves, and the place erupts. He doesn't even do anything. He doesn't sing. He doesn't say anything. He's just standing there. He was, he's, no one will ever touch, no one will ever touch Michael Jackson. Nobody. <laughs> oh. Asia only started talking about him after his death? Oh, I'm pretty sure anytime he toured in Asia, every single one of them sold out. I, I don't think, you, I don't think, I don't think you're educated on that. I think you gotta do some research. That, that man is the biggest and most well-known pop, like, musical icon in history. He, he he overshadows Elvis he overshadows the Beatles like nobody comes close to Michael Jackson nobody <clears throat> icon is a person or thing regarded as a representative symbol or as a worthy of veneration famous is known by many people that's what I mean like she didn't get to the level of icon until like like Marvel just puts gas in the tank Marvel just puts gas in the tank. People were crying and fainting at the mere sight of him. Yeah, he was worshipped like a god. Yeah, he was worshipped more than the Beatles and more than Elvis. Like, the, the, the Beatles and Elvis are, are there, but man, oh man. You wouldn't say she's an icon? Oh, I think she is. Oh, I don't know. I think she is. I think... She's 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 already being looked to as a as a as a as a fashion sort of female icon. I I, I think so. He toured with Diana Ross when he was like eight. <laughs> he was in the Jackson Five. Yeah, man. Yeah. I just wonder if Akuta Papa, you maybe maybe you were closed off to him somehow, somewhere where you lived or something. Everybody knew who Michael Jackson was. Everybody. Yeah, he's 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 at a level that almost no. I don't know if anybody will ever. I don't know if anybody will ever get to his level ever ever. I was in Asia when he died and he overnight became the big name. He really wasn't mentioned until that point. All right, hang on a second. I, I just, hang on. Michael Jackson, Asia, concert, ticket sales. There's got to be a report here or something. Um, he went through, yeah, he toured, he toured through, hang on. Today's top artists don't go to Asia or Africa, fearing less ticket sales and low popularity. 21 years ago, Michael Jackson kicked off the History World Tour. 82 concerts, 5 continents, 4.5 million fans, $260 million. And Asia was included. And a lot of people didn't go. They're, They're saying a lot of people didn't do it because they wouldn't get ticket sales. Nobody got, nobody could do what he did.
Bad Tour was Jackson's first solo concert run beginning in Tokyo. The tour lasted for 16 months, during which Jackson visited 15 countries and performed to nearly 4.5 million people. Seven sold-out shows at London's Wembley Stadium attracted more than half a million people, including including Princess Diana and Charles, setting a new world record for playing more dates at that stadium than any other artist. The Bad Tour was later recognized as the most highly attended and highest earning tour of all time, having grossed over over 125 million. I'm telling you, I don't I don't think anybody touches him. He is still the reigning champion. I don't I don't think anybody comes close to his his international international fame. Because again, like a lot of people just wouldn't go to the places that he went because they knew they wouldn't make any money there. Like I don't know. I think I think I think Lady Gaga right now is is probably one of our most popular pop stars internationally, and even I don't think she comes any cl- she doesn't come close to Michael Jackson. The Asian fan base exploded exponentially after his death. Well, I'm sure it did, but they they did because there was already a seedbed there. There was already a seedbed of fandom. I I just I don't know. I, nobody. I don't know if anybody will ever come close to the guy. You know what's not an icon? Millie Vanilli. <laughs> uh, the question in the 80s wasn't whether or not you were a Michael Jackson fan. The question was how big of a fan you were. Yeah, yeah. BTS is pretty close. Yeah, what, that's that K-pop group, isn't it? Yeah. Two hundred fifty million back then is an insane amount. Oh yeah, I just that's that's mind-boggling. That's mind-boggling for the eighties. Not even Bieber gets close. He might have had a chance. Yeah. BTS is big, but not MJ big. That was the thing is that M- Michael Jackson he spanned he spanned generations so he wasn't just like popular with the young kids he spans generations he spanned cultures he spanned the globe like I don't think anybody transcended the way that he did yeah all races all people it didn't matter it didn't matter who you were you liked Michael Jackson I remember watching Family Ties and and Michael J. Fox's character Alex P. Keaton was having to sneak to go to a Michael Jackson concert like that's how popular he was that a show about a white family like he was the he was the king that they wanted to go see he was the concert they wanted to go to he wasn't unique to a culture a race or an age group or a demographic he he was popular everywhere that's 646 million with inflation gee many christmas Where is officially vaulting new ads for Final Fantasy XIV until they get the servers figured out? Hmm. He's the biggest legend. Yeah. Yeah. People coming in for Call of Duty, like Warzone news, are like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> you think MJ's biggest of all time? Elvis, The Beatles, Vanilla Ice, ETC? 
He's so loved, he's part of two. That's right, Robert. <laughs> Chappelle's stuff on, on Michael Jackson is so good. <laughs> it's, it's so good. He thought he was a kid. <laughs> I was trying to show you a better life. <laughs> I was trying to show you a better life. Oh, it's so it's it's wrong. It's wrong, but I does dying. I was like, Chappelle, you are wrong for this. You're wrong for this, Dave. But I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing. Woo. I think it wasn't popular. It went It went from nothing to a massive talking point. It was on every TV for six months. They were playing his music all over the place, almost every other song. Right, but you might be too young then. In the 80s, I mean, he, he was just an international sensation. The, the number of ticket sales, the number of fans, the number of album sales, like, he, he spanned the globe. Like, no, but, like, nobody in the history of music, nobody's done what he's done and probably never will. So sure, after he died, his album sales and his notoriety, popularity all went way up again. But you, again, you would have had to have been alive in the 80s to know, just to know how insane like his popularity was. His Twitter followers? Oh, I yeah, I don't even know. Who's the most followed person? Who's the most followed person on uh, on Twitter? Because like Lady Gaga has like 84 million followers. That is just freaking bonkers. She's got an album out now with Tony Bennett. That's probably spectacular. I'm a huge fan of her. I'm a big fan. I think she's awesome. I don't think... Obama's got 130 million. Jamie Christmas. Woo! Man's got more followers than Gaga. People of America. Do I have the most followers on Twitter? Nope. He was back he was that popular back then without social media, yeah. Probably Tay Tay. No, she's got eighty nine million. She's down in the eighties with, with Gaga. Gaga's not even top five. Top Twitter followed accounts. No, yeah, Obama with 130 million, and then Bieber with 114, and then Katy Perry with 108 million. Christian Ronaldo has 375 million? What? He does? He's not listed on this thing. No, he has 96 million. Ronaldo only has 96 million. What are you talking about? You might be looking somewhere else where he has 375 million. Yeah. So he's 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 in the top. He he's in the top with 96. He's he's number 5. Rihanna's number 4 with 103 million. Obama and Bieber. That's crazy. Curious who has the most? Yeah. 
Yeah, Obama at 130. Bieber's behind him with like 114 million. Beyonce is probably most followed on Instagram. Yeah. We were talking about Twitter. Yeah, Instagram, it's hard. It's going to be hard to compete with Queen B because, you know. <laughs> That's cool. Cher took a picture of some random couple because th- she thought they were just so they were cute. He was like taking a picture of his girl. She was holding flowers and she offered to take their picture and they didn't know it was her. She was wearing a mask. The memes made Obama popular also. Yeah, that and being the president, I think, helps. <laughs> yeah, just just a little eight-year stint, you know, just just almost a decade. <laughs> uh, love from Shafani Gaming. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, I can check out channels now. Go to channel. That's like a new feature. Although it puts Studio at the front of it, which I don't know why they do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, Beyonce's only number nine on Instagram for followers. Huh. How does Cheryl only have three point nine million? Yeah, I don't know. UK is now trending as Plague Island. Things are going well. <laughs> Beyonce's work of art, woman's perfect. Yeah, I mean, Queen Bee, she fine. She knows it. She knows it. It's definitely part of the brand. I mean, when you when you look that good, you know, I mean, what are you going to do when you're that blessed? Is Cher still putting out music? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Where's The Rock? I bet you he's in the one to two million. Wow, I grossly underestimated him. Fifteen and a half million. Jeepers. I didn't think Twitter would be his jam. I figured he'd be more in the the one to two million. I figured he'd be more of a of an Instagram guy. It's like his little videos and stuff that he does. Instagram is Instagram. They have the most at 448 million. And then Christian uh, Ronaldo has 376 followed by Lionel Messi with 289. And then Kyle, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner with 288. There's The Rock. See, no, I told you. Yeah, The Rock's number five on Instagram, 282 million. Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Kim Kardashian, and then Beyonce number nine, Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber is a top 10, you know, on on the gram, and then he's second on Twitter. That's crazy. Bieber's got reach. 
Dylan Anderson being under a million. <laughs> uh, it's not. That's the thing. Is it's not her time. Like it's not her time to be popular. Large group sitting on the Yetis waiting to spawn. Yeah, Victor. I just. I wish they figured out a better way to do that sort of thing. I. I don't know. It, it's such a shame. It's such a shame. Share acting songs and looks, meh? Really, UK stops. That's surprising. I could see somebody thinking thinking that they, you know, maybe they don't like her acting or her singing, but I don't know. She's definitely unique looking and not my type, but I can see why I can see why people would think that she's, you know, very pretty. The Rock keeps dropping hints about running for office. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we'd, I think we would lose. I think we would lose him, and something else would emerge. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we would lose. I think we would lose Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and what would emerge would not be. I don't know. And I don't. And I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he would win. I like him. I like him. I think he's great, but I don't see it. Is UK Stobbs an Android? Signs point to yes. It's amazing that this conversation spawned via the discussion about Zendaya. Yeah, well, when we when we derail from the main topic, who knows where we're going to end up. Their one best actress in 88 Oscars, just saying. Yeah, she's great in Moonstruck. What'd she win it for? Did she win it for Mask or Moonstruck? The rabbit holes are deep and plentiful. Rock as a prez was the basis of his TV show, Young Rock. We wouldn't get any more Black Adam or Amazing Movies. Right. That's what's important. <laughs> That's what's important. I did like share in mermaids though. I don't think I've seen that. Is that the one where he's like having a keeper in a tub or something? I think it's just called mermaid, isn't it? It's singular. I still think Papa deserves a ban for the heresy against the King of Pop. (laughs) Was it Moonstruck? Here. I think it is Moonstruck. Best asterisk for Moonstruck in 1988. Yeah. Share from Sonny and Share can't sing now. I'm done for the day. I've heard enough. <laughs> uh, I'd vote for him regardless of his politics. <laughs> uh, 
as a kid, I never got the symbolism of Cher sitting astride those Navy cannons in the turn back time video. Oh my. <laughs> Anybody with just one name is sus. <laughs> uh, Cher, Madonna. Yeah. Mermaids was with her and Winona Ryder. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw that. I remember growing up, I really, really liked Winona Ryder. I like her even more now after Stranger Things, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cher, Madonna, Lono, that's right. Cher made Madonna, Madonna made Gaga. How did Madonna make Gaga? Like, helped her? Noticed her? Like, I don't understand. My understanding was, like, Gaga got thrust onto the... She got thrust onto the scene, and it, it, it was... She, she, she would act so strange and so bizarre in interviews. She was, like, the Marilyn Manson of pop music. Oh no, sus. He says he's 40, but it doesn't look a day over 39. She attributes much of her stuff from Gaga. Huh? Even samples the music? I don't understand. Madonna was a big influence of Gaga, I think. Google Gaga versus Madonna? Oh, Gaga says Madonna was her inspiration and role model. Final Fantasy VII on PC. You save a creator code for the Epic Store? Yeah, it's Lono. Gaga is essentially a tribute act to the 80s Madonna. Huh. Even copied a couple of her quotes. I, yeah, I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that connection made before. Or the meat dress as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's never, yeah, she's never been shy about like, like being sort of shock value. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's young. She's 35. She's younger than me. She's born in 86. I wonder what that's like, like being, being so publicly and popular and well known that like, you know what I mean? That like everybody, everybody knows you, your birth date, your, your name, all of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's gotta be weird. Gotta be super weird. Madonna called her reductive? Huh. Fun fact, Madonna is financing Spears' legal battles? Oh, really? Winona Ryder and Gillian Anderson. God. 
Gaga has a great voice, but she's a much better actor. Yeah, I, it, I've not seen... I've not gotten to see the movie that she got a lot of praise for. I've not gotten to see that. I liked when the... There's a clip from that movie where Bradley Cooper is up on stage just drunk out of his mind and he, like, pees himself on stage. And I remember when that clip circulated and people thought it was real. And I remember I watched the clip and I was like, it can't be real because she immediately looks down like she's expecting it. Like, she looks at him and you wouldn't do that. You'd look at him, you'd look at his face, you'd check him to make sure he was okay. But I knew, I was like... She looked down. I was like, this is a staged thing. Because I wasn't sure if they did that at the actual award ceremony as like a staged thing f- to promote the movie. But then like, no, it's actually, it's it's from the movie. I was like, oh. Gaga's a good actress? Yeah, she didn't, didn't she get, was she nominated for that movie? Was she nominated? Yeah. 2019 best actress. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah. Menacing Mommy says here, if you've watched one Lady Gaga interview throughout the press circuit for it was called, yeah, a Star is Born was the movie. You've seen them all or at least specifically you've heard Gaga's now famed quote. Uh, there can be 100 people in the room and 99 don't believe in you, but all it takes is the one who does. Yesterday on Instagram stories, Madonna shared a clip of a throwback interview where she just so happens to tell a reporter, there's 100 people in the room and 90 people say they don't like it. I only remember the one person who didn't like it. Oh, people, nine, 99 people say they liked it, and I only remember the one person who said they didn't like it. She inverted the state, the saying. A movie that she sings in? But that's not all she does in the movie! She's received praise for the Gucci movie, even though she couldn't keep her accent straight. <laughs> That's tough, though. That's tough. Why'd my phone say it changed Zubair to Sugar? I mean, if, if look, if you have a pet name for Zubair, UK Stobbs, I mean, I... Zubair's not gonna stop you from calling him Sugar, I don't think. I mean, he probably likes it. You might want to call him Sugar Bear so we at least know who you're talking about, though. You know. (laughs) All the performances in that movie are actually them. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, she could could sing. She's, She's classically trained. Incredibly gifted musician. She said she had to hire a psychological nurse during House of Gucci because she gets so into her roles she falls into depression. Jillian Anderson unavailable for the male persuasion, so pass. What do you mean? Unavailable. Did she ever is wait, is that true? Has she come out? No, I don't think for based on interviews. No. It sounds like she might be bi, but yeah. She looks like in a couple of interviews she she shut that down and she was like no. Yeah, 
Sugar Bear M41 Spanker. <laughs> Sugar Ray Zubair. I can work with that. Sugar Ray Zubair. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so it looks like she's 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 classified as bi. She's a famous bi person. She went on to say that she is certainly not gay. Yeah, I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think so. There's an odd way to look at it. You think unavailable? I think I don't care about that. Why would you care about that? Who cares about that? Kate McKinnon and SNL, I believe, came out, and I think she is gorgeous. I don't. I I know people probably don't agree with me. But Kate McKinnon on SNL, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what her orientation is. I think she is beautiful, and she is so funny. You could hang out with her all day, and you'd have a stomach cramp by the end of the day. She is a riot. She is a freaking riot. Hmm. Call of Duty just needs to revamp entirely. Yeah, we're well off the off the off the trail here. But Call of Duty Warzone and uh, and Vanguard, we were discussing like. The, the response from the community is, is, isn't so hot and people are like well I mean it's going to make a ton of money it doesn't matter Gaga was supposed to be in the last season of American Horror Story but she couldn't because she was filming House of Gucci yeah yeah look at Kate McKinnon she is just she's just so so pretty and they hide it really well on the show they do they hide it really well because she's always somebody else, you know. She's being Giuliani or something. But my word! Oh, and her Emmett, her when she is Justin Bieber, oh, it's so it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't care. I don't care what Kate's like orientation is. That doesn't affect what I think of her as a as a as a hilarious comedian, as a great actor. You know, she's great. Kate and the spy who dumped me was hilarious. Loves how bu- I love how bubbly she is. She comes off as genuine. Yeah, she's getting ready to make her exit from SNL, though. All right, later, Robert. I think she's getting ready to make her exit because she's hitting that. She's hitting that Kristen Wig level of of. Um, popularity funniness and they have you know they use her they use her in like every every skit and then eventually when that happens you're out of here you're out of here I was still I'm still to this day disappointed that they they gave the the desk to Colin Jost and Michael Che I I thought Cecily Strong was a better fit but they said that they didn't want to lose Cecily's characters because she has so many good characters that can come to the desk and they didn't want to lose that. And I'm like, okay, well, you could rotate her in and out. I thought she was excellent. I don't know. I thought it was a, I thought it was a fresh change because you had Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and then that was that was a long run because prior to that it was always a dude. It was um, it was Norm Macdonald, and then it was uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Oh, he's really funny. Uh, and then after him, oh, what's his name? That gummit. After Norm Macdonald, who took over the desk for a weekend update? Dang it. Can't remember. If I'm picking SNL, it's Tina. Oh, Tina Fey. 
Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn, yeah. It was Kevin Nealon. Yeah, I think Kevin Nealon was before Norm MacDonald. So Kevin Nealon, Norm MacDonald, then it was Colin Quinn. Then it was Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Then it was Seth Meyers and Amy Poehler. Um, and then... Uh, and then they gave it to Cecily for a while, and she did great. And then they gave it to Colin Jost and and, uh, and Michael Che. I like Michael Che and Colin Jost. I think that's where you have to use them. I don't think they work that well in other skits and stuff. I think they work really, really well on the desk. I do. I think they've grown into it very well. I just like Cecily. I think she's funny. I think she's absolutely gorgeous. And I was really bummed. I was like, it was such a good role for her because she's always the goofy, weird character. And then she got to be like, you know, have a serious role. And then when they explained it, I was like, well, okay, I I can live with that. I can live with that. That They didn't want to lose her. She's got some great characters that she brings to to the update desk. Yes, I like when they write jokes for each other. I think that's one of the best skits they do. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. What Shay makes Jost say is just, it's priceless. It's so good. Because you can see it on Jost's face. He's like, what are you, what? I can't say that. <laughs> SNL's just not funny anymore. All politics. Move on and find something else. Uh, they definitely get on that hobby horse too much. Like, I thought, I thought, um, I thought Baldwin's Trump impression was great, but they did it way too often. It was like, you need to do this every three weeks, not literally every cold open. It was every cold open. I had to watch Baldwin be Trump and I was like, you gotta stop. It's just not, it's the guy deserves, the guy deserves some of the jokes. He definitely, they definitely were on the, on the nose with some of the jokes and skits like, you know, and they tend to be fair. They tend to, they tend to, they hit everybody usually in politics, but they got so much on that. Even, even people and fans, even fans of the show, even people that didn't like Trump were like, you got to quit. This is getting old. <laughs> like, and I liked how they had Larry David, um, consistently being, uh, Bernie. Cause like they're, they're so similar. <laughs> they're so similar. Um, I thought that was an easy, that was an easy dunk. It was like, oh yeah, this is great. You know? And yeah, Biden, the Biden stuff was good too. When Jim Carrey was Biden, that was pretty good. <laughs> I liked, I liked Jason Sudeikis as Biden, not because he looked and sounded like him, but because you could tell that Sudeikis was just having fun being Biden. He wasn't even good at it. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> oh, he wasn't, but it was funny anyway. Oh yeah, I liked I liked Jason Sudeikis. I really did. I don't think he's with Olivia Wilde anymore. Jim Carrey's a product of In Living Color. Yeah, yeah, like Fire Marshal Bill and all the stuff he used to do on that show. Sure, sure, sure. Bill Murray's the funniest cat to come out of SNL. I don't know, a lot of funny people that have come out of that show. Ah, that's a, that's a, that's a bold statement. Because Bill Murray is funny, but he's not like knee-slappingly funny. There's a lot of talent that have come out of SNL. I don't know. I don't know if I would say Bill Murray is the funniest. I don't know about that. I'm talking about like Chris Rock came from SNL. You got writers like Conan. You got Eddie Murphy. You got 
You got Eddie Murphy for crying out loud. You gotta go you gotta go back in time, but Bill Murray? Come on, Eddie freaking Murphy. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. He's funny. I like Bill Murray. I love Bill Murray, but I don't know if you could say he's he's as funny as Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy might be the biggest talent to ever come off that show, I think. He might be. Chris Rock's probably more more known. Maybe maybe he's I don't think he's made more money, but Chris Rock might be more well known now maybe than Murphy. I don't know, it's hard. Cuz it's generational. It's generational. But I think everybody knows who Eddie Murphy is. At least they should. Mike Myers, yeah, Mike. I don't, I don't, I don't. I like Mike Myers, but I don't think he's. I don't think. He's, I don't think you'd say he's as funny as Murphy. Yeah, Steve Martin came from that show. Yeah, Chevy Chase, John Candy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you'd give it to Bill Murray. Yeah, even Will Ferrell. Even Will Ferrell is very. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very funny. Ferrell is the biggest. You think you think Will Ferrell is the biggest and most popular? More popular than Eddie Murphy. Probably because of all the movies that Farrell's done, right? The other guys and, and Step Brothers and the NASCAR movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably Will Farrell's done a junk ton of movies. Although Chevy Chase has done a lot of movies too. Chevy Chase has done a lot of movies too. Yeah, Elf, Elf, Talladega Nights. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen a thousand words in a few months ago. Eddie Murphy is the only one that can make me lose it with laughter in a scene while saying nothing at all. Yeah, I liked I liked when he was on uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry. I liked it because he hadn't done much since then. Who played Sean Connery? Oh, on SNL. Oh, what was his name? Um, he did a good. He did a great. Uh, he did a great Bill Clinton. Oh man, it wasn't Phil Hartman. It was the other guy. I, I feel like they have similar names. Dad Gummit. He does a really, really great uh, Clinton. I feel like he has like Daryl Hammond. Was that? Was that his name? I think that's right, Daryl Hammond. That's why I was thinking Phil Hartman, like with the H, the H last name. Yeah, yeah, Daryl Hammond. Yeah, he did. He would do. He would do that, and he would do. Um, he did a. Oh, he did a lot of people. Because didn't he did Clinton? He could do. He could do. I, I'm pretty sure he could do uh, a pretty good Trump. He might have done Gore. He might have done some Al Gore's, and he did Sean Connery. Um. Yeah. That brothers has to be the best comedy film ever. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's pretty funny, but I don't know about all that. Um. Heard of Shane Gillis? I know that name. I know that name. 
Yeah, what is what's he from? Why do I know his why do I know him? He's American stand up, YouTuber, podcaster, Comedy Central radio show, The Bonfire with Big J and Dan. I feel like I recognize him. I think I've seen clips of him in his comedy on um I think I've seen clips of him on on uh, on TikTok and Instagram. He got kicked out of SNL after a week. What? Why did he get kicked off the show? What did he do? For an old joke he made in a podcast? Wait, so they they took a joke. SNL, SNL gave over to that. That doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like them. For real, that's that's what they did. I'm really surprised Lauren Michaels would give over to that. Was it like that bad of a joke? He was fired for the, for remark. So it was the R word. If he made jokes, he made some sort of a joke about race or something. Um, a now viral video posted by comedy reporter uh, Seth S- S- Simons first brought Gillis' controversial past into the mainstream, though some have distanced themselves from his particular brand of comedy for some time. He used a slur. Oh, he was doing, he was making fun of accents, like Chinese accents, and he used a slur. I guess in other places he's used other slurs as well. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that Lord Michaels gave over to that. I don't know. They pretty much forced Norm off the show because he wouldn't let up on OJ. You have to watch his YouTube special. Does he talk about... Does he talk about what happened? Didn't SNL have some beef with Elvis Costello? He played a song that wasn't scheduled and SNL Chiefs lost their minds and banned him or something. Didn't, um... Didn't Sinead O'Connor do something too? Like, she pulled out a picture of the Pope or something and, like, ripped it or something. Not in the special, but in other podcasts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sinead O'Connor and maybe even the Cranberries, I think both of them did stuff. Norm was forced off for riding OJ. But don't they approve all the jokes? Was he sneaking jokes in? I don't understand. So was Norm actively sneaking jokes in? Because they approve all the jokes and they do they do rehearsals and stuff. 
I don't understand what it's live the king yeah I liked I like Ronaldo moving moving the bottles of coke right out of the frame that was good he was doing jokes that he was told not to do right so he was probably being told no 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 don't do those three or don't do those two or whatever and he did them anyway His line to Jerry in that one episode is so good. He said that um, the one the one guy was talking about something, and he said that it, the the hypocrisy was the worst part. And he was like, "And I disagree." <laughs> Jerry's like, "You do." <laughs> it's Norm is just, he's a ma- he's a master. Oh, he nails it. He absolutely nails it. Because they were talking, they were talking about, uh, they were talking about Cosby. And somebody, he was quoting somebody who said that the hypocrisy was the worst part. (laughs) And Norm was like, and I disagree with that. (laughs) And, and he's so, he's so masterful. He's so masterful because in this, he's got the little boyish, little boyish grin and a little twinkle in his eye. And Jerry, Jerry's unbuckling and totally walks into it. He's like, oh, you do. You, and, and you can tell that Jerry doesn't necessarily know he's walking into a punchline. And that's what makes it just so good. It's one comedian to another, and he's just masterful. There's something about him. Like, he's so, you don't know that he's doing it. He's, he's just got this way about him, you know? Alright, he just uh, talks like, uh, you know, and he just has this, like, way of talking. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry walks right into it. Oh, I was glad they left it in. I was glad they left it in. That might have gotten, you know, debated on the cutting room floor. Like, ooh, do we leave that one in? <clears throat> Rip Norm. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? Did Drew Carey start on SNL? He was a writer for SNL, wasn't he? And then he did the Drew Carey show. He was sta- he d- he did stand up. He might have been a writer for SNL. And then he did the Drew Carey show. He came from Whose Line Is It Anyway? No, Whose Line Is It Anyway was way later in his career. That was after stand up. That was after his television show. He had a sitcom before Whose Line Is It Anyway, didn't he? We watched his show. It was like Dilbert. It, yeah, the Drew Carey show looks like maybe it started in 95. Maybe. When would it, when did he start hosting? Uh, whose line is it anyway? When did he start hosting? Whose line is it anyway? Uh... It looks like 1998, 1998, yeah. So his, yeah, his TV show predated that. And then the, and now, and now he's is he still on uh, The Price Is Right? He 
Yeah, and he before he had his own TV show, I he did stand up. I feel like he was a writer for SNL. He was never on SNL. I thought I thought he was a writer. Drew Carey writer for SNL. I thought he was a writer. I, I might be thinking of somebody else. Mm, it looks like he's been hired as consultant and writer for some shows, but um, yeah, he ho- it looks like he hosted once. He hosted this a season finale of of Saturday Night Live in like two thousand and one. You thought they killed it with Bob? No, no. Drew Carey took over The Price Is Right for a while. I think he might still be the host. As a man who hates Cleveland since '96, due to football, I felt guilty enjoying the Drew Carey show. Yeah, a lot of Cleveland jokes in that show. You watched the documentary about the guy who memorized every price on The Price Is Right? No, I have not seen that. Twins having a boy and a girl. Four point three million views. Gee, many Christmas. Thought Bob died. He did. Yeah. It's still like the biggest daytime show. They banned him from the show. Who'd they ban from the show? The guy who who memorized the prices. Why is Eddie Murphy Raw the greatest stand-up show ever? Yeah, I think Raw would be considered at least top five, top three. Unfortunately, there's some that we can't mention anymore that would be considered one of the tops. There's probably there's got I I don't know the name of it, but there's one by Richard Pryor that I think is considered one of the one of the greatest. And then there's Raw, and unfortunately, I think Cosby himself was considered one of the best. You can't really you can't really mention that one anymore. Um, there's another one I'm forgetting I'm forgetting one one of the more famous stand-up acts they ban him from the, they ban him from the show be, because there's an episode where he guesses the final showdown almost to the number and Carrie's reaction is priceless Pell killing them softly. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be up there. Top stand-up specials. Yeah, I think the Richard Pryor one is just called Live in Concert, maybe? Is that it? It's just called Live in Concert. Like, I think the Richard Pryor one that is usually pretty famous and a lot of people refer to um, it does. It doesn't even have really a name. Just live in concert.
Yeah, Eddie Izzard dressed to kill. That's a good one. That's a good one. Very, very good. Very, very good. If you're tuning in for uh, Call of Duty Warzone or Call of Duty Vanguard, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, we got well off that topic today. We cover a lot of different gaming news topics, but this one, this topic didn't didn't have the legs that we thought it did. We thought it'd be more contentious um, and more of a debate. We usually have a lot of back and forth and a lot of debates. And this morning, we also covered the New World Winter Event. In about 30 minutes or so, we're going to be shifting gears. I'm going to be going over and I'm going to be on uh, one of Ginger Prime's podcast. Uh, We're going to be talking about New World and uh, it should be a really, really good episode. It should be excellent. Um, We will be discussing a lot of New World stuff and Josh Strife Hayes will be on the show and uh, that that should be pretty good. Um... And for those of you that are looking for it, there will no be there will not be a say no to rage story today. It'll be tomorrow. We had a schedule. We 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 created our own scheduling conflict, but it was fine because I I wasn't able to record it anyway. I had relatives in town, so I recorded it this morning. Today's debate is today's debate is sucking bad. Yes, it is bad. So is Zendaya an icon? <laughs> yeah, we cover MMOs, uh, t- you know, as well here, and that's something that Josh is really good at covering. But we don't. We don't, we don't do that many MMOs. We're going to probably have two under our belt once Lost Ark is out. So. Are we ending it early because the story's basically captured or something else caused it to end? It's a mixture of both of those things, and I get into that. It was, you know, the articles about Bungie and everything that transpired over the weekend, just, I don't know. It made It made some things pretty clear to me. Yeah, we talked to Zendaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The debate about Zendaya was that I said that she, you know she's an she's so iconic now. She's like an icon. She's like an international icon. And uh, the debate was, well, she's been popular for a long time. Or Creature's contention was that Euphoria is why she's so popular. And I said that I thought it was Marvel because when Marvel puts you on a global tour, that's like insane reach and notoriety. But <clears throat> so that that debate led us down a whole a whole path. Uh, we we even debated how popular Michael Jackson was. Yeah, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget that uh, Patrice O'Neill died. Sometimes I forget that. That was a long time ago. That was ten years ago. Tried to paint her fame with the brush of Spider-Man selling her big short. That is not at all what I did. That is not at all what I did. Oh, Bob Barker's still alive. Okay. Okay. I yeah, I thought he passed away. I thought he passed away.
Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell, maybe my favorite comedians. <sighs> Wasn't Ed O'Neill on SNL? I don't know. Put into context, MJ bought the rights to the Beatles music. Eddie and Dave are the top two comedians. Changed my mind. I don't know. I think Richard Pryor would like to have a word. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know about that. That's a tough one. Top the top two. That's that is that is very difficult. That's super hard. Cause you got Pryor and you got Carlin. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's tough. Tommy is so subjective. Well, yeah, it's historically though. Historically though, I think it's hard to beat some of the some of the early guys. I'm too young to truly appreciate Pryor, so I'll allow it. Yeah, it's tough because like. One of the things that surprised me about, you know, when I would watch that sh- the show Comedians in Cars, one of the things that surprised me was how much they talked about guys that I never really thought were all that funny, right? Because I just, because they, they predated me or, you know, it, it was, it, it was hard to, to, to picture it. It was like, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I think a good example would be, um... Rodney Dangerfield. I never really thought he was that funny, but when they talked about him, he was actually a, he was a, he was actually a brilliant, a brilliant comedian. I just didn't think he was all that funny. Like Richard Pryor is like industry breaking. Like he he changed he changed things. The episode with Hassan. I feel like I remember that. Mean Hajj. I feel like I've seen that one. Yes, I remember. I think I remember that one. Um, Pryor had the prototype to the Chappelle show. Seinfeld's the best comedian ever. I I don't know about that. Yeah, Hedberg was good. Mitch Hedberg was really good. Yeah, Seinfeld's a legend. He's he's at a legend level, but like, I don't even know if I would pick him. It's hard not to pick Richard Pryor, because if you consider the history of comedy and you consider. It's either him or Carlin, I would think. Like, historically speaking, you take all of stand-up comedy. If you take all of stand-up comedy, it's really hard. I think it's between those two. I think it's between those two. Because I don't don't think... I think originally you probably would have taken... Yeah, yeah, it's between those two. Yeah, and then Eddie's in there too. Like top three, yeah. It's 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 hard to pick between those three. Between Eddie, 
and and Richard Pryor and Carlin because of their just their I don't know I just think Pryor and Carlin were 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 pioneers and I think that gives them a lot more points Seinfeld's very US centric I don't think you'd have a single uh, I think I've seen a single thing he's done yeah 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 This is a bad time for me to bring up Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is I don't even I, I like Carlin for his genius and his insight. I don't I don't laugh at George Carlin that much. Do you know what I'm saying? Some comedians like they hit different, like really good impersonators. I don't laugh at somebody who does really good impressions. I'm impressed. I'm like, wow. And like with Carlin, I'm more impressed by his genius than uh, than his. I don't. Then I laugh. Does that make sense? You think Robin Williams was fantastic? I love Robin Williams, but I always found his stand-up to be. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It was. It was too. Were, I don't know. It was too chaotic. Robin Williams and Jim Carrey, I love them in movies, I love them as people, but their stand-up is so chaotic, I does, it doesn't make me laugh. There's something about it that doesn't work. I'm like, for me, for me personally, it's like, man, I love you, but this isn't hitting. It's kind of like that way with uh, Ricky Gervais. Like, I like walking, watching Ricky Gervais just hang out with people or rip people, but then I watch his stand-up and I'm like, nah, this isn't very funny. I love the story of Cosby telling Eddie that he's too dirty, ironic, and then Pryor tells him to tell him to shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Robin Williams? That I like him a lot, and I, I, I've, I've all, and I, I really like him just as a person and an actor. But I couldn't get into his stand-up. It was just too out. Of, it was all, it was all over the place. It's too it's too unhinged for me. I feel the same way about Jim Carrey's stand up. Imagine being killed by a bow and arrow. That would suck. An arrow killed you? They would never solve the crime. Look at that dead guy. Let's go that way. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) I like when he's like, this is a picture of me from when I was younger. He was like, every picture is of you from when you were younger. You throw me a picture of you from when you were older. He's like, where'd you get that camera? Frickin' Mitch Hedberg, dude. Like Dane Cook all over the place? No, 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 no. Not like Dane Cook all over the place. Robin Williams is... It, it's... I don't know what else word to use, because, and I don't want to use this in a, in, a, in a weird way or an unkind way, but it's almost, it's almost schizophrenic. It's so all over the place. It's just... It's difficult. It's almost disorienting. 
It's not that it's bad. I just don't enjoy it. I wouldn't say that it's bad. He clearly was very funny and people loved him. But I, I can't. Yeah, chaotic. Yes, very chaotic. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 end, I end up not liking it because of that. How I feel about Rogan. Great podcast and a great guy, but his stand up never landed on me. Such a different energy. Yeah, I remember him confronting that one guy too about stealing jokes. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, Louis C.K.'s genius despite controversy. Yeah, he's come back and he he talks about it in his one stand-up. He talks about it in classic like Louis C.K. fashion. He, it's actually pretty funny. It's actually pretty funny. I was in. I, I found Chappelle's take on the whole thing pretty interesting. When he was like sitting sitting on the stage, just like smoking, and talk, he talked about that. That was the first time I heard brittle spirit. Like that's a brittle spirit. I was like, dang, <laughs> dang. What about Jim Jeffries or Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart. His uh, his his earlier stuff. I don't. I I know people like him that work really really hard. Probably hate hearing this, but his earlier stuff is so much better. I think it's because when you catch them on their earlier stuff, like on their breakout stand up, it's because it's all of their best jokes over the course of like ten or sixteen years of trying to break in, and then they get to pull out all their best material for one special, and then after that, their specials tend to be inconsistent because they're popular and they gotta write more and they gotta do more and because of that you end up with you end up with jokes that aren't as polished jokes that aren't as funny I can give you an example when I saw um Brian Regan live Brian Regan's like his his album that like got him super popular like the big yellow one is the sun and then you know snow cone and all that that again is the same thing it's like this is this is probably 10 years of work and he's pulling out all of his best bits to just have a killer show and then when you get super popular well now you need all new material so my wife and I saw Brian Regan here in Louisville and you could tell he was working on new material and so half of the show just it was good but it wasn't that it wasn't as good as his other stuff and then the other half of the show was excellent it was 50-50 like 50% of his show was just stellar but then the other half of the show, you could tell, I could sense it. It was like he's working on new material. And it just, it takes them a while. There is so much artistry in into where the joke turns and like how many words they use and, and how quickly they they get to a certain, you know, a certain punchline. It's there's so much artistry to it that you can tell. You're like, hey, this they're working on new material, and it's really, really hard. It's, it's, it's got to be, I think it's one of the more challenging art forms in existence is, is stand-up comedy. Kevin Hart's early years Comedy Central present shows are amazing. He just does these terrible movies all the time. I don't think he's doing terrible movies. I think he's just doing a lot of movies. You enjoy Jimmy Carr? I like Jimmy Carr. I like Jimmy Carr.
I think my favorite comedian, if I had to pick a favorite comedian, it would be a tie between like Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. Dave Chappelle's recent specials are just unbelievable. They're just uh, they are un they're just unbelievable. They're 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 they're, they're immaculately crafted. They're so good. And Bill Burr's stuff is also people don't realize it. I think a guy like Bill Burr because he's sort of in that mode of being annoyed and you can even tell sometimes he can tell like he's poking the audience, right? I don't think people understand how much he puts into his jokes. How much artistry and care goes into a Bill Burr joke because he's so he feels in the moment, he feels reactionary and angry. But he's an artist. I think you get the biggest picture into Bill Burr's care, Bill Burr's care and his artistry of a joke craft when he tells the story about the guy that jumped out of the helicopter. Because he tells it from different perspectives. He tells it from the guy that jumps out, and then he tells it from the perspective of the guy flying the helicopter. And it is just, it's ma- is masterful. It's so, so good. It's just excellent. It's excellent. And I like how he, there, there's a great clip of him recently. I don't know how, actually, I don't know how recent it is, but there's a clip of when he was on Conan. And I like how Bill Burr does this thing where he pushes the line and you can tell he's like, am I making people uncomfortable? Like, is this a problem? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, he's aware of himself in it. And yet it adds to it. It's really, really interesting because a lot of the times like a comedian will, will poke the audience or provoke the audience and they'll talk to the audience you know like Chappelle says that he's like oh you boy you better buckle up he's like you're not gonna make it you're not gonna make it through this show if that's gonna bother you right like they kind of talk to the show the, the, the audience they kind of scold them you know uh, Ricky Gervais does this but Bill Burr does it in a way where you feel like he's actively sort of monitoring like are they getting angry like what's the problem He's like, you hear hear how quiet it is in here right now? (laughs) Yeah, he makes the audience uncomfortable. Oh, I love that about him. And he acknowledges it. I think that's why he wins. the. He always wins the audience over. He always gets their trust back because he acknowledges that he's making them uncomfortable. He acknowledges that they, that, that that this he's going he's going beyond where they want to go, and I think that's why people like it. They don't they feel safe because they're like, okay, he's acknowledging that he's going he's making us uncomfortable. Talking about uh, there should be due process on social media. People got quiet. Yeah, yeah. Bell special is brilliant, and he exposes so many issues subtly. Uh, subtly, subtly, um, it's almost taboo to go into details. However, in an open space, if you watch the entire thing, yeah, 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 yeah. You love Ricky Gervais. I can't watch his stand-up, but I'll watch him hang out with people and talk comedy and just goof off. I think he's a freaking riot when he's just hanging out. Oh, man. When he hangs out with Jerry... The, 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 they're, they're no longer going to be doing comedians in cars getting coffee. And I understand. I understand. They talked about how it was they were really, really long hours, and you end up with, you, end up with, you know, a 20-minute episode, right? If there's anything that I learned from that show is that 
he needs to be doing a show with Ricky. Like, just him and Ricky doing stuff together would just be so funny. Like, Jerry and Ricky even sounds good, right? It just sounds good. Like, I don't know. It would... There was something special there. There was something special when they hung out and would just be just... Oh, man. I don't know. Because I feel like... Ricky brought something out of Jerry that was ri- that was more risky because like Jerry's usually not too risky, right? And he brings something out of Jerry that's risky and very funny. Like when Jerry says China, maybe it is, it is so funny because the way Ricky riffs on it, and then they question whether or not they're going to leave it in the special. Oh gosh, like oh, it's so good, it's so good. And then when Ricky tells his joke about. The people being in the camp and they're like yeah you're free to go it's christmas and the guy says we don't celebrate christmas oh gosh they're in the the fact the fact that they're both laughing at it and analyzing why it's so funny oh mm. he should be a permanent host for award shows yeah i don't know if they'd ever bring him back have they brought him back since i, f- I feel like you do just keep bringing him back when's the podcast start in about 15 minutes We'll make sure you guys have a link to it. We'll make sure you have a link. Does the combination of two comedians create a third distinct comedic entity? I think it does. I think it does because like they're they're able to do and say things and riff back and forth in a way that's not the same as like joke crafting and doing a sp- and doing your stand up. You know what I mean? Oh, if he becomes a permanent host, it would become cliche. Yeah, you almost have to have him do it once and then be like, oh, we're actually going to let him come back and then let him come back and just he'll just be worse. And then that'll be the end of it. You know, like a one, two thing. And then that's it. I would I would watch a show. I would I would watch a show if it was just Jerry and Ricky hanging out. Am I generalizing when I say Americans don't like stuff like Monty Python and Black Adder? No, we like British comedy. We do. I think it's a gener- it's it, there, there's been a pretty big generational shift though. Because when I was growing up, Monty Python was super popular, super popular. I'll never bring him back because he was talking directly to them and making fun of them. Well, he wasn't just making fun of them, though. He was exposing the hypocrisy of Hollywood. Like, the fact that they work with these big, huge companies that do terrible things and work with these big, huge people and executives that do terrible things, and then they want to, like, lecture the public about what they should do and how they should live their lives. Like, I don't know. I thought it was good. I, th- I thought it was excellent. I thought it was, it, was, it was one of the most appropriate roasts I think I've ever seen. I was like, this is right on the nose. You know? The wealthiest, most entitled, most, you know, <laughs> most disconnected people lecturing the public. It like it was exactly what needed to be said. You haven't seen this on Netflix? Try it. Frankie Boyle. I feel like I need to add that to my list. 
British TV comedy is second rate to US TV comedy in my humble opinion. Shows like MASH and Cheers, ETC are untouchable. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because there were there are some really, really good British shows. The one with like Fry uh, and Laurie, uh, Laurie, there's Are You Being Served? Um, there's As Time Goes By, there's Keeping Up uh, Appearance. What's it? Keeping Up Appearances? I don't know, dude. There's some really, really great British comedies out there. Like really good shows. That Frankie Boyle is not on Netflix. It might be a regional thing. Did I misspell it? No, I spelled it right. Yeah, the Frankie Boyle one's not on. Nothing compares to MASH. Yeah, I'm not I, it's hard to beat MASH. MASH is just one of the most is one of the longest running, most successful, you know, um, shows in history. MASH and Cheers, I think, right? Yeah, Faulty Towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IT crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Set your VPN to UK and it will be. Yeah, Mr. Bean. Personally, I prefer Japanese horror. <laughs> How many shows did the States copy? We copied The Office. What else have we copied? In any case, I, I think there's some great there are some great British shows out there. It's really, really hard. You start listing some of the greatest shows ever, and it's not really a fair comparison, right? Like, you know, MASH and Cheers. Doctor Who is probably one of the most important. Yeah, Doctor Who is a very long-standing British show. We're not to that's not comedy, but still. He was talking about a com- like comedy shows. I've not seen Black Adder. Rowan Atkinson did so many brilliant things and the poor guy is remembered for Mr. Bean. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Doctor Who was a tough watch for me. I couldn't do it. You gotta get... You gotta get through... You gotta get to Tenant and you gotta get to Bad Wolf stuff. Once you get there with Rose, it gets really, really good. If you can't get to Tenant and you can't get to Bad Wolf, then it's over. You're not gonna make it. It's tough. It's tough before then. After then, it's just, it's, it's so stellar. Bastion Shears are better than Seinfeld. I think historically speaking, they would be higher rated and, and, and be, and be claimed as being, yes, better than Seinfeld. Yeah. Mash and Shears. Yep. Yeah, Red Dwarf is another one. I don't think I've ever heard of MASH. MASH, I, I, isn't MASH the, like, what, what are the stats on it? 11 seasons. Yeah. So it's one of the longest running TV shows. Not a lot of shows make it that long. Um, yeah. 
11 seasons so it is it's one of the longest running tv shows in history there's there's not a lot of shows that get past you know eight nine and ten seasons there are certainly shows that do but i'm saying it's one of the longest running and one of the and and one of the most praised most watched for sure for sure give me a second i'm gonna because we got 10 minutes we got 10 minutes before we go over to do the podcast with Ginger, so don't go anywhere. But if I don't use the restroom now, I'm going to have to do it in the middle of the show because I've been sitting here drinking water. So I'll be right back.
Bro, I'm like walking around my house looking for my hoodie, and then I realized it was down here. I was like, "Where did I put my hoodie?" Because I don't, ha- I didn't have it on. I was like, usually it's like hanging up in the bathroom. Uh. Okay. Okay, let me give you a link of where we're headed, guys. Age showing. Well, usually if I'm not wearing it, it's in the bathroom hanging up, and it wasn't. I was like, where the frick did I put it? Okay, that's where we're headed, right there. That link. Remember, no St. No to Rage story today. Uh, there'll be one tomorrow. And uh, it'll be the last one. We're ending the St. No to Rage story earlier than we anticipated. So, click that link in chat. You have to behave on this field trip. Yeah, yeah. You guys can go over there and be funny and fun and all that. But, yeah, click that link in chat. And uh, come on over and enjoy the show. Enjoy the conversations. I'll see you guys over there, all right?